Welcome to the official podcast of PHP Architect. Join us to listen to the latest news and tech talk from our conferences, the magazine, and wider PHP community. You're listening to the PHP Podcast, the official podcast of the PHP Architect magazine for January 2022, Volume 21, Issue 1, Domain-Driven Resolutions. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, as always, is John Congdon. Hello, hello. So, John, we got a new year. We do have a new year, 2022. Issue 1. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird having to figure out all the things that we have to do for a new year on the website. There's just so much to learn, and we're getting on top of things. It's getting better and better every every month, I think. Every month, yeah, yeah. I think I think we we get it. We're we're establishing workflows that work for us, and yeah, it blows me away how Oscar did this pretty much on his own for the last couple of years. I couldn't imagine. Mm-mm. Nope, so much work. But let's get into it. Introducing filter iterators by Maro. Children. In this article, Morrow talks about filter iterators, which is a fascinating topic in general. I learned about iterators at a conference. I believe it was Wave PHP here in San Diego. And iterators just opened my mind to how you should be coding in PHP. You don't necessarily just use arrays. You can use an iterator like an array, but there's a lot more performance and just a wide variety of things you can do. And in this article, he steps us through the filter iterator specifically. He touches on a couple others just to let you know that they exist. But with filter iterators, it's easy to take a lot of data and then filter down and get exactly what you need out of it. And he uses great examples of, I have specific data and I want to figure out how many products I have in my catalog that fall within a price range. Again, easily easy to do with a for each going through the, the data, but using a filter iterator, you can put the code in one place, it's testable, and then you just apply that to your iterator and you're off and running. It's and when you need to filter in different ways, you just add different classes to it. And again, just open my mind to how how you can make your code testable and be able to extend it more easily. Yeah, this is really one of those articles where I have been coding for a few years now, and I have my patterns of coding, and I look at it, and I'm like, holy cow, there's a better way of doing this, or there's 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 a more efficient way of doing what I'm doing. I need to kind of learn that new pattern. Exactly. I love this stuff. I think it helps a lot. I mean, we use collections a lot more nowadays, and iterators are just another type of collection, but they're built into PHP core. So you have access to some of these and it just makes working with your code and other objects a lot easier. Cause I think there's iterators for your file system and things like that. Moving on. We have an exciting new mini series to coming to the magazine. Ken Marks kicks off How to Hack Your Home with a Raspberry Pi, Part 1 of, I X. don't know, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> we don't know how long this one's going to go on. You know me, John. I'm a big goofball when it comes to tinkering with things like Raspberry Pis. I have a few of them. You know, I kind of go through all the little tutorials. 
the thing I'm really liking about Ken Marx's series here is this is a real world example of how he's using a Raspberry Pi to solve a problem he had in his life at, at home. And he's doing it with PHP. So this is very exciting to, to me to, to read this. And I remember when we first started talking, we're like, a Raspberry Pi article in a PHP magazine? Like, does that make sense? How's it going to work? And then when we got it and you brought up the point of, no, this is perfect. It's going in the January issue. Lots of geeks probably got Raspberry Pis for Christmas and they don't know what they're going to do with them. Or, And then no sooner did we get the article and our one of our editors, Carolyn, said, this is great. I just got a Raspberry Pi for Christmas. So it was just it was so funny on the timing there. I love the, the step-by-step approach. Ken Marks is a teacher. He wrote a book for PHP Architect about developing PHP with MySQL. And then he's bringing that same style to this article of, I want to teach you how, I'm, how I did this. And again, step-by-step, lots of pictures. And I can't wait to see where he goes with it. Yeah, very exciting. And for anybody who who thinks they've already done all the Pi tutorials, this is part one, and you're already learning that this is going to go beyond just installing software on the Pi. He's adding modules. He's putting sensors on. He's this is this is exciting. I'm very very excited about this series and where it's going to go. Exactly. And with that, we are excited to announce that in in cooperation with. OSMI slash OSMH, Open Sourcing Mental Health, they're going to be sponsoring a giveaway of Raspberry Pis over the next few months. And we're going to start that in February. So if you're listening now, you're probably the first to know. We're going to, we'll get all the social media queued up and emails and all that good stuff. But we are going to be giving one away. So keep an eye out for that. Exciting. More Pies. Moving on, five strategies for becoming an effective mentor by Olivia Liddell. You know, there's only so much coding you can do. And if if you're coding long enough, at some point, you're going to fall into a role of being a mentor to somebody else. It's not a responsibility we should take lightly. And we should understand the impact that our guidance might have on another person. And these are just kind of some some steps to walk through, things to identify on how to be a good mentor to somebody else. We've always been a strong proponent of that since we run the San Diego PHP user group. And very early on, you're like, I want to set up this mentoring program. And you did a great job of bringing people that wanted to be mentors and people that wanted mentorship together and help relationships blossom and help people kind of grow in their in this profession it was fantastic to see all right let's moving on going security corner eric mann brings us a terrifying scale of a security bug this is right on the heels of the log 4j cve that came out last month and he just goes on to point out how bad that was how how many people it impacted and then brings that back to PHP and the fact that we often get a bad rap as being an insecure language. And the truth is PHP is pretty damn secure. 
it's all in how it how it's used, right? Log4j is Java and impacted millions of people. I mean, it was a huge vulnerability. People often cite Java as being a very secure language. So it's just in how it's used and you have to be aware of what you're using and keep an eye out. Like there's things happen. So when you see a CVE, do you know that you're using that code? Like I have no clue if I'm using log4j in some of my projects. Not that I'm using it directly in PHP, but I run servers that are probably run on Java. I'm using PHP Storm locally. Was that affected? I don't know. And it's terrifying. But he does a great job of pointing out things to look for and just helping us stay on our toes security-wise. Next, we're going to move on to the workshop. Joe Ferguson's Apache and PHP Back to Basics. This is like the OG setup for me of mm-hmm. running PHP. You, you get Apache installed, you get that mod PHP running with it, and you're off to the races, man. Yeah, I love the tactic he's taken now at the workshop here. Again, back to basics. This magazine is meant for all PHP developers from the beginner to the advanced. So, And the fact is, there's a lot of very good PHP developers that know PHP programming, but may not know that ops side. They may not never set up Apache. So it's just a good exercise. It's good to know the full stack to a point, right? Setting up a server, having a web server running, not just writing code. Yeah. Even if you haven't done it in a while, I, I stay fairly current with it, but I remember, well, when I did it, it wasn't Apache 2. <laughs> First thing as, the, <laughs> as the directory path, and I also we never we never had the sites available, sites enabled directory. Like right. everything was just in one big config file. <laughs> yeah, I remember scrolling through that thing for <laughs> figuring stuff out. Man, this is this is fun. Yeah, it, it was good, and and he's he's going to stick with this for for a while. So yeah, Actually, it's exciting you're, stuff. You're probably in the same boat I was when you first started. It wasn't mod PHP either. You were doing it through CGI. Yeah, I think so. I think initially it was CGI. Yeah, I, I started just... I started that way because I was a Perl developer, and that was always CGI. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of lent itself that way. Man, we're old. Yeah, we're, we're getting older. <laughs> All right, how that works. <laughs> Next is your your interview with Patrick Allert in the community corner. Again, yes, it's so much fun to learn about people in the community. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the release manager for well, he's one of the release managers for PHP 8.1. But the other uh, one is he who this. shall not be named. Just saying. <laughs> Patrick Patrick took some time to sit down with me and virtually sit down with me over email <laughs> and answer some questions. And yeah, these are people behind the scenes working to make PHP the language run smoothly and he is one of them. We've talked about this a few times now about how for this iteration of PHP, PHP 8.1, core team decided to have two first-time release managers with one veteran release manager. So Patrick is one of them. We will be interviewing the other release manager next month but Voldemort. yeah it, it was it's just exciting to find these little details where they live you know how they got started what got like 
being involved with PHP is very different than being involved with PHP internals. Like as, as a PHP developer, you could be a PHP developer for your entire life and never get involved with internals. So I'm always fascinated with why and how they get involved with internals. So mm-hmm. it's uh, fun, fun to, fun to learn. All right. Next is a new column. Ed Bernard is changed directions and we're moving into domain driven design. Hence the title of this issue being domain driven resolutions. So DDD alley is going to be his column moving forward, at least for now. And he's going to try and teach us a little bit about domain driven design. He's taking information from his past few articles, the here be dragons and trying to start to move us towards domain driven design. And he's using a, a interesting real world scenario. He's taking us through a project and it sounds like it's one he's actually working on and using athlete registration for season games. And I remember reading it and there, there was one part in there that I kind of took a little bit of how did, how did I take it? Umbridge with, is that the right word? He talked about bowling, which, you know, I have a passion for in my past. And I'm like writing him notes. I'm like, but no, any real bowler is going to read this and be like, no, you can't do this. You can't have two people bowl in different lanes, different bowling alleys and compare scores. But yeah, they're very niche demographic. We, we try to adhere to PHP bowlers who read <laughs> PHP architect magazine. We don't want to offend them. <laughs> if you're a bowler, Listen to me. Read the article with uh, without reading that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited about this new series. I, I I've been I've struggled for a while getting my head around domain driven development. I'm very happy that I Ed still has struggle taken. with it. it. Yeah, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And I know it's a huge part of event sourcing, which I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And how they tie together, I'm still not 100% clear because in my event sourcing world, it's like I take one thing and I event source that versus an entire system or multiple domains within a single system. So I, I'm excited as well to see where this goes. So I want to take a moment here and thank our sponsor for this show. If you've been listening to the podcast, Honey Badger has been a sponsor of ours for a while, and they have a new product out that we're very excited for. It's called Hook Relay, and here's John with a little bit more on Hook Relay. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, HookRelay.dev. HookRelay.dev allows you to create powerful webhooks without having to create all the groundwork yourself. Sure, the basics of sending webhooks are easy, but to add more powerful features takes time and effort. That's where HookRelay.dev saves the day. Have you ever tried sending data to third parties that have strict API limits? Do you handle those failures caused by those limits properly using traditional back-off algorithms? Stop worrying about third parties with flaky servers and let hookrelay.dev continue trying to reach them for you. Resending failed webhooks or just resending for testing is as simple as clicking a button. You can also be the recipient of webhooks. That's right, hookrelay.dev handles both inbound and outbound webhooks. HookRelay.dev can catch the request and then send them to your servers. And best of all, reporting. Writing code to track success failures, create reports, and more is already done with HookRelay.dev. 
Try HookRelay.dev's free tier today. Get three endpoints, 14-day retention, and 100 deliveries per day. Thank you, HookRelay, for sponsoring today's episode. So be sure to check them out. We actually have a link you can go to, phpa.me slash hookrelay, and let them know that we sent you. Thanks, Hook Relay. And Honey Badger. Really? Yeah. All right. Next, Oscar brings us the infamous FizzBuzz problem in PHP puzzles. This is one of those that if you're going to be hired for for a job, there's a good chance they're going to give you the FizzBuzz problem. It's been talked to death about how it's a terrible exercise for hiring somebody, but it still happens. And from a manager's perspective, it's, I want to see how you think. Whether the code works or not, it's often, how are you going to solve this? And that's all it is. And there's so many different ways to solve it. And Oscar takes us through a few of those scenarios, a few ways to do it. But there's still lots more. Yeah, there's there's a ton of different ways. Just in PHP. This is not just a PHP exercise. Fizzbuzz translates to every pretty much every language, but yeah, I love I love how he just kind of highlights the the different approaches. There's like the well, I don't know, I don't know if it's common. I think I think where everybody goes to is the loop initially, the, the mm. loop solution that uh, he does first, and then he improves on the loop solution, and he does it without a loop. And yeah, this is fun to read mm. and a good exercise if if you ever want to challenge yourself. It, it seems very simple, but yeah, just kind of kind of try to figure out and, and get a little bit more insight on how you think as a developer as well. And I know I've said it before, but don't necessarily take the straightforward approach with these. I often love puzzles or these coding katas are also called to learn something new. I did TDD. That's one way to learn test-driven design. You can also learn different design patterns like i it may not be the right solution for this but you could try to apply a new design pattern that you want to learn towards a puzzle instead of trying to put it into your code base that you're working on now try it out see how how you could use something that's a good point john yeah yeah go crazy you know do Hmm. do different patterns with it it's it's fun stuff. Right off the top of my mind with this one, I'm wondering if the decorator pattern would work for FizzBuzz. Don't know. Might try that out. <laughs> Moving on to Education Station, Chris Tanksley talks about background cues. If you're new to PHP, you've probably come up against the problem of having a long-running job that you've, you've had to wait for because that's how PHP works, right? You kicks off a job and you have to wait for it to finish and then you get the results. When you get more advanced with your development and your application get get more advanced, you learn about queues and workers and how you can actually portion off jobs and tasks to queues and let them run in the background and allow your user experience to be more more and allow your user experience to be quicker so that they think they're getting faster responses. Meanwhile, your application has taken some workload and passed it off to a queue. Yeah. This is kind of what Chris starts talking about here. Yeah. And there's lots and lots of different ways to use queues. One basic example is you upload images and you need to resize them to five different sizes for your website or whatever. You don't want your user to wait for that response as you're doing all that work. 
video encoding, sending emails, hitting third-party APIs is a huge one where I may do something on your website. You have to hit a third-party API. What happens if their API is down or slow? Or do you want me waiting for that when that can be done in the background? So another huge one is reports. I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, my report is slow because you sit there and all of a sudden they put in 90 day date range and you're trying to gather all of that data. You're trying to process it all. Meanwhile, the the user is sitting there waiting for the response. It is frustrating. So just a few examples I wanted to throw out there real quick. Chris does a great job of taking us through using Beanstalk D, which is something I personally use on my project and have been loving for a long time, even though other people complain about it. So great article. And finally, Beth Tucker Long brings us experts are out of touch. And I like this read. It helps remind me that there are kind of two camps. She's talking about internals and people that actually code PHP. The people that code on PHP internals are writing in C. They're not necessarily using the language itself. Some might be, but there's often a lot of, lot of discussion about how, which direction they're going to take the language without taking into account us, the people that use the language on a day-to-day basis. So I loved her background. Talks about how she tried to get involved with internals early and then how it kind of fell out of that. Just a, a great little background piece. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that pain. I, I've been lurking on internals for years. And things move very fast in internals. Like, there are a lot of there are a lot of discussions happening very quickly. And I don't know how. It's amazing that we have this group of volunteers developing PHP internals for us. Because their focus on it is... Definitely more than I can. I just don't know where to contribute for them. I and this is a pain point a lot with with people who do want to get involved with internals. There's what is the pathway in where you can contribute and, and be have it be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So I, I get where where she's going there. It's it's tough. Well, that's it in a nutshell. I, being biased, feel it was a great issue. Lots of great content. Hope you enjoy it. Would love your feedback if you have any. Hit us up on Twitter, email, however you want to get in touch with us. We are open. Would love to hear good, bad. If your bad is just plain out mean, don't really care. (laughs) But if it's constructive, we will definitely take it into account. And if you're a subscriber to the magazine, thank you very much. We do appreciate you. And if you're not a subscriber, consider it. All these articles we talked about, you can read them in depth. It's good stuff. I promise you will not be disappointed. Keep listening. That's what I'll do. That's it for Volume 21, Issue 1. Until next time, keep listening. Keep reading. And and keep keep coding. coding. This has been PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect. The industry's leading tech magazine and publisher focused on PHP and web development. Subscribe today at phparch.com to see what the leaders in the community and industry are talking about.